from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 156. Who will be the next thiefer of the house? I decided to try to find humor in something that many of you may not find humorous. But sometimes, sometimes... You can be overwhelmed with something that's so completely stupefying that your only defense is to laugh. That's my opinion. Now, maybe you don't share this opinion, but that's what I feel. And I'm going to try to lay out a case which um, concerns the getting a new thiever of the house for what it actually is. And maybe, just maybe, you'll get a laugh too. Because this would be absolutely hilarious. If this were presented on the 6 o'clock news the way I would want it to be presented, they they couldn't keep a straight face. Everybody would be just laughing hysterically. And they'd be laughing because of the difference between what a situation actually is and what we as the American people are supposed to be viewing it as. I'm, of course, talking about who's going to be the new speaker or thiever of the house because it doesn't matter. This entire dog and pony show is symptomatic of a much larger problem whereas what is actually taking place is far less important than what is really taking place so for instance um, there's a big uh, hoopla over whether the representative Kevin McCarthy of California um, is going to, uh, you know, be able to succeed as the new Speaker of the House. And what my take on this is, is what is so completely laughable about this is that it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. That's what I'm going to 
try to lay out here. Because the thing is, if you want to, I don't know what uh, exactly which psychological term you want to apply to it. I don't know if it's exactly gaslighting. I don't know. I'll just file it, let's say, under propaganda. That's a nice, broad, general term. But again, it's all about being worked up into some kind of frenzy over something which, as far as you're concerned, I'm talking about, by the way, in a positive way, affecting your life. Because there's no doubt whatsoever that it's going to affect our lives. Whoever the new speaker is, it will definitely affect our lives. But the thing is, with understanding the machinations as they exist currently, it's always in the negative because of the money that it's costing us. You see, for them, for the oligarchs, it's just a changing of the guard. It's presented, of course, to you as though it is very, very important and it has some real, tangible, and potentially earth-shaking difference. But it doesn't course it doesn't now the very fact that nancy pelosi is finishing and she is going to as all of them usually do waddle off into the sunset <clears throat> with approximately net worth of around 500 million and um, she didn't get that $500 million by representing you. She got that $500 million by representing herself. And so, this is exactly what the, the next speaker is going to do. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what party affiliation they have. Their goal, of course, they're not going to say this to you or I or the American people because, well, that kind of gives up the whole thievery game. But in reality, their goal is, just like it always has been, particularly especially for the last 70 or 80 years in particular, is to enrich and represent their own self-interest. And they do that through thievery. Now, I think it's important that I clarify something because many people may think the way I present this, they 
don't understand the connection of the thievery. And so I would like to break this down. So did in her acquisition of this amount of obscene wealth, um, did she come to me personally or to you personally or anybody else for that matter? Did she come with a, a weapon or a gun or a knife or, you know, something or, and demand money? Did she stick you up at a convenience store? Anything like that? No. No, of course not. Their means of doing this is entirely different. Now, <clears throat> if you set aside taxes, because there's a tax code, of course, you know that, and you've also heard of the term loopholes. And all of these people, all the oligarchs, the controllers in the government, such as Nancy Pelosi and her ilk, all these people um, do everything in their power to not pay any taxes. Just like uh, those entities known as corporations. Nope. They don't want to pay any taxes either. So none of the crooks and criminals want to pay any taxes, but they want you to pay the taxes. But it's not just an issue of the taxes. See, this is something which is commonly misunderstood, and that's why I want to clarify when I talk about, in general, when I use the term thievery, because everything besides taxes, ultimately, if you go full circle all the way, filter it down through, you know, you could call it um, markers of this, for instance, is the consumer price index and various other descriptions. But all it really matters is this. What the prevailing modus operandi is, is how can they take as much money as humanly possible from the citizens, or perhaps even the non-citizens, anyone, general population, but especially the citizens and taxpayers, how can they do this without um, getting in trouble with the laws, which, by the way, they make because they either approve these laws and loopholes. They either approve them or they don't. So they run the show because they're, quote unquote, your representatives. When you end up with, let's say, what's known as inflation and right now in in what has been reported is that we're fluctuating somewhere around seven percentage points seven percent now i talked about this before 
but to put this in perspective, it's real simple. Anytime you have an economy that, and I'm talking about, I'm referring to not a micro economy, but of, let's say, an established, you know, third world nation, whether it be the United States or Australia or Britain or Germany or those places. Anytime, as soon as you reach, there's a brink of about three and a half percent. And as soon as you hit that marker, the citizens, the people, they're in trouble. Ideally, when times are what we call good times, you would have, if you're going to have any inflation at all, um, if you keep it at around two to two and a half percent, that's kind of manageable. As a matter of fact, some of the most um, prosperous times in the nation occurred when, well, that's what we had. And that is, at least on a temporary basis, if we look at it, and I'm no economist, I'm just saying, but historically, when you look at it, when you look at the correlations, how much money, and this is, this is the pivotal point, how much money do the individuals within a society, I'm talking about being able to spend, freely spend, open money, how much do they have to spend, you know, versus savings? And currently, it's really bad. I mean, really bad. Even people who are working full-time jobs, some of them even as, so, you know, so-called professionals um, who, uh, for instance, uh, you know, civil servants, public school teachers, even they are feeling the pinch dramatically but um, many people <clears throat> are one major $500 expense away from being in real trouble they don't have 500 bucks even set aside for an emergency if you only own one car for instance and the transmission goes out Okay, you better come up with at least somewhere twelve, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars or possibly more. They don't have it. They don't have it. And if they don't have it, well, then it's credit card or friends or family to borrow it because there is the necessity of having their car in order to get to work. Because if you don't have a car all of a sudden and you can't get to work, then that causes other problems. Then you become fired and then you lose your job and it's self-perpetuating. It's a downward spiral. So, the problem, one of the many problems, is the unseen taxes of living. And these prices... And this is tied also to what is called inflation. But the thing is this, the lobbyists are ultimately the ones that have bought out 
the representatives. But the money that the lobbyists have, that they in turn are giving, transferring to the oligarchs in the nation, that comes from you. It comes from you when you look at not just um, a, a frighteningly unstable and unequal tax system, not just that, but I'm talking about the prices of everything, the prices of consumer goods. So as prices keep going higher, that is because the cost from the lobbyist who get their money also from taxes, but they get that as far as contributions from corporations and the wealthy. And where in turn do you think they get that money? Those people in turn get that extra money from raising prices on consumer goods. That's right. That's what happens. So ultimately, indirectly, perhaps subtly, and certainly in a very clever manner, sight unseen almost, that's what I mean by theft because ever so gently and slightly as you are being distracted with every idiotic preoccupation and distraction they can possibly think of. But meanwhile, these grifters' hands are going into your wallet and popping out money. The whole goal of it, though, is to not do it so suddenly because then they'll get angry then they'll possibly begin to catch on so when you're running you know seven percent inflation and now the natives get angry and they get restless because they're noticing that that big bag of Doritos or whatever it is that they normally get is, is increased by its cost is increased by, let's say a third or more. That's their world. They're not the world of the Uber rich. These are regular folks. All they know is that prices for their goodies, for their, foodstuffs, their treats, let's say, and keeps going up. And they don't like that. <clears throat> so then the oligarchs, they go into deflection mode. And <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it is. Where the fingers point in any direction, of course, other than themselves, or to corporatism, or to lobbyists, or anything else 
but the true culprits of it, of what's taking place. Now, <clears throat> what's needed here for anyone new coming in? Let me just give you... Now, I'm going to forewarn you that what I'm about to say, this may sound, I don't know, utterly outlandish or ridiculous. It may. But please just listen and and follow me follow the logic here of what of what I'm saying and and be, before you before you want to you know cast out what I'm saying is as as just completely unrealistic but hear me out when you hear these people running for big stake offices I'm I'm not so much, I'm not talking about the 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 real low people of a mayor of a small town per se i'm not i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the big cheeses the big oligarchs the guys in the what i call the big party doesn't matter the political affiliation democrat republican that doesn't matter just skip it forget it doesn't matter are they members of the big party like you know a party like drinking and all the other things they do at your expense, that's part of the big party. That's the main party of the party, is to go to the party. And it has to be always on your tab. And they have to also extract enough wealth to set aside. That's the reason why people like Nancy Pelosi can waddle off into the sunset with, you know, $500 million because over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, she never met a lobbyist that she didn't love. And they've shown Nancy a lot of love, and she's also shown them a lot of love. So they had this love fest going on. At your expense, but this is, of course, not talked about. None of these, anything I'm saying will be talked about in the 6 o'clock news because it would be hysterical. But getting back to what I was saying a moment ago, there's a, a test. There is a litmus test, and we can uh, demand it. You can do this. We can do this. We can do this if we made a concerted effort to do so. So, for instance, let's say you have a new representative, Speaker of the House, whether it's this Kevin McCarthy or whoever, it doesn't matter, just fill in a name, they're all the same. But when they're <clears throat> talking and doing interviews and endlessly proselytizing about how much they love America endlessly, why don't we try this? Someone that could confront them at every every time, every twist, every turn. Don't let them. Don't let them shy out. Don't let them get away. That's where you got to hold the feet to the fire and ask them about this absolute love that they have for America and democracy and the American people. All these catchphrases. These buzzwords that really don't mean shit and say i have a question for you senator dingling you talk about how much you love america is that true do you really 
And Shirley, are you an American? Do you love America? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, all right. So you love America and you love democracy. Oh, yes, yes. The freedom. Uh, you know, okay. All the other, you can pass those quick questions, how much they love that. So wouldn't it be fair, if that is the case, <clears throat> that you could uh, show us a demonstration of this love? Well, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I suppose. Uh, yeah. All right. So show us a demonstration of this love by not taking a salary. For your entire term, at least your full term, or a severely reduced salary. So, I don't know. You'll be making, I don't know, maybe $30,000 a year. Oh, yes, and none of the congressional or senatorial perks, like, you know, $100 or $200 or, I don't know, $2,000 lunches. No junkets that you go to all over the country on private jets that, again, is taxpayer expense. You will forego all of that activity. You will live in a very modest home. And uh, you will pay your taxes like everyone else. And you will not engage in any activity going globetrotting, either whether all over the United States or abroad. Uh, to meet with lobbyists to have discussions. If you were elected to office, you will forego all of this. Is that not agreeable to you, uh, potential congressman, senator, you know, dingling, whoever the hell it is? And see, see the response you get. <laughs> I would love to just see the choking up. Well, I mean, well, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, I I am a representative. I'm a congressman. I mean, there are, <clears throat> there are certain protocols and procedures that one has to, yes, to attend to. Um, and so, uh, well, I, I'm not w uh, saying that I'm uh, willing to go that far. Um, but, I mean, certain concessions could be made. Oh, and by the way, a potential senator, congressman, dingling um you will not you will not also you and your family will not have a completely paid lavish health care uh coverage bestowed upon you and yours you will actually have to pay for and provide your own you know health care cost not at taxpayers expense the reason why, at least technically, the reason why, and imagine, imagine how completely, if you want to, if you want to talk about a game, a, a game of just absolute, you know, there, there isn't a grifter out there that, that could have thought of a better plan than this. You see, it's, it's already built in to the grift. That, um, well, you know, if I am a senator or congressman, well, these things, these perks, these uh, they're not really perks. I mean, they are, well, um, they uh, yeah, watch them stumble over that. But once they're just, it's automatically part of what they get. In other words, you can't even challenge it 
It's satrosanct. It is something that is so simply ubiquitous within this whole corrupt and decrepit system. This is why it doesn't matter at all whatsoever one doodly damn who's going to be the Speaker of the House. It doesn't matter if it's Donald Dipshit or Twiddly D or Twiddly Dumb. They are all ultimately grifters. And their job is to follow their boss's uh, commands. And there's a whole bunch of people above them. And those people are the ones who actually run things. It's not the senators or congressmen. They're just the lapdogs. They, they, I mean, the bones they get, well, <laughs> you know, walking away. I mean, okay, it took her, you know, 30 years of thievery to do this, but amassing, you know, 500 million. I mean, we're not talking, you know, Elon Musk wealth or Jeff Brazos. I mean, think about it to, to those people, they're, they're peons. They're not, they're nothing by comparison. So, yeah, I mean, these people, these oligarchs, the controllers of the masses, you and I, the peons, they are very, very careful not to bite the hand that feeds them oh so well. Even though they don't, at whatsoever, they don't stand a chance of amassing uh, anywhere near the wealth that their masters have, but they're satisfied with shit. I don't know if I was sitting on several hundred million dollars, I wouldn't be complaining. I would do exactly as I'm told. But my bigger point to this is what I'm trying to say is that all of the media hype in, 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 a, in a very, you know, soap opera kind of drama, uh, in a drama mode. Tune in next week and who, organ playing in the background, who will be the next speaker of the house? Uh, it, it, it's irrelevant. What's important on their end, not your end, but on their end is who is going to be controllable, who is going to be the most corruptible, who is going to take the money and shut up. I cannot, off the top of my head, tell you who made this famous quote. It won't come to me at the moment, but it was a person of note. I remember that. Um... It, for all I know, maybe it was uh, Samuel Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. I cannot remember. Maybe it wasn't him at all. But the point was that some time in uh, recent history, there was a statement, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing this, is that a good politician is a politician who's bought and stays bought. Now, like I said, I can't at the moment. It has skipped my memory, but there's a lot, a whole, a whole lot of truth 
to that statement. So all of this, this bread and circuses and hoopla has no meaning, no real meaning for you. It means everything to them, but it's a it's a double standard because part of the spin, part of this whole thing, um, as far as a, a a delusion tactic, is how vitally important it is to our democracy. <laughs> as I know, as I've said many many times before, you don't live in a democracy; you live in a plutocracy. So, they love to kick that shit around. They love the waving of the flag, and they love the words democracy. But that's for you to feel something about. But in reality, no. It's a game, folks. And it's a game that we are supposed to lose, always. So... Basically, in truest terms, as far as the speaker, who's going to be the next, not, you know, who's going to be the next one, what it really means to truly translate it is who's going to be, and remember, it's not just them, they have their own entourage. Who's going to be the next set of criminals that can come in and, unbeknownst to average Joe citizen, can just keep on the same, keep going with the same old program, the status quo, that we can just keep getting our hands morning, noon, night, and day into the cookie jar and while simultaneously making love with every corporate interest you could possibly imagine, and ones you probably wouldn't, that's what is taking place. That is the real issue. So, for instance, just as one small example that I mentioned earlier, if there was a constant insistence that is brought up to these people who are running. They're running for this and they're running for that. <laughs> even, even the imagery that they use, you know, the imagery, everything from iconography to you name it, even the imagery, you could just picture, you know, Nancy Pelosi, they're running for the house. <laughs> well, yeah, shit. Yeah. If that was your future, and all you had to do is essentially nothing but pretend. You have to pretend very well. Those few times when you're in the public, you have to do, you have to look concerned and you have to, oh, yes, yes. And you kick around the phrase always, well, uh, yeah, and this is certainly not in the interest of our democracy. They, they use that, that tag, our, our, like they're identifying with you. Joe Sixpack, you know, Joe, you know, whatever. It's our, it's our democracy. 
and because it's designed to psychologically identify with the common person. That's it. And if it wasn't so, you know, so sad, I said this, it's humorous because it really is. It, it's a laughing stock. It is so damn funny. But the thing is, is that what's not funny from all of this thievery and deception is the consequences for the American public as a consequence of, well, all the thievery. That's not funny. So, every time, besides all of this super-duper issues of the market, well, we got this reason, well, the market's up, the market's down, this is up, it's always crazy, it's always chaotic, and there's always... A mystery. There's always, there's always then is that, oh, then there's COVID. Well, yes, well, you know, supply chain is a, so I have to jack up this can of tuna fish at least by a third because, in other words, always anything, anything just to put the burden on you. That's the ultimate goal. It's called deflection. Anything but them. Because as far as going out, let's say, grocery shopping or buying a car or buying a house, one thing you'll notice with all of these people of this ilk, I bet you they don't have any problems doing that. Because they have successfully built a life their entire career which is predicated on being a predator, on being a parasite, on stealing money from you. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here. <laughs>